I feel like this um, kind of like summoning and religious conversation is very uh, appropriate for the Hellraiser. Yeah, the horniest movie the we've watched yet. It well, is the horniest movie we've watched yet. Do you think you can get emails from the the boys? What are their names? The Cenobites? <laughs> yeah, the Cenobites. I guarantee Pinhead doesn't know how to use the email. <laughs> Pinhead has no use for the internet. You think I care about Pinhead? I'm more worried about... Butterball? Um, yeah, big boy. <laughs> I think the what about Chatter Chatterer? has There's, a poetry yeah. blog. Chatter has a poetry <laughs> blog. I think that it seems like that would be his thing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah honestly. I love yeah. Chatterer. Chatterer is one of my favorite Cenobites. What if the Chatterer is Drill from Twitter? Deep thoughts. And that's his poetry blog. That's his poetry, yeah. He's a like a postmodern shit poster. Man... Drill was a postmodern shit poster before shit posters were even like modern shit posters. He invented the genre, really. Defined it. He's the greatest artist of our generation, really. Truly. I love Drill. He's just so good. Sorry, Nada. I'm leaving you for Drill. That's what fine. are we going to do when we find out anything earlier. about the guy who runs that account? What are we going to do when I we find out know. that he's a terrible person? Who is Drill? You I guys like keep talking about this person, but I don't know who this is. Oh, you, okay. So Drill is a uh, Wint Drill D R I L. He's just he's just an OG Twitter presence. Like he's just been shit posting since like 2007. Like yeah, <laughs> he has existed for like, far that's... too long, given the kind of account <laughs> just... that he is. Yeah. Wait, it's Wit Drill. Wint W I N T. At is. Drill D R I L, and then like his name that's listed is Wint, and then he has like a blurry picture of I think Jack Nicholson. I think so. Okay, he's the guy who said, I'll face God and walk backwards into hell. <laughs> yeah, his you most know, recent Twitter tweet, moments. Where was I during 9 11? Ha, easy question. I was simply thoroughly engrossed in the literary treasury of the great authors. <laughs> that sounds like a yep. drill tweet, yeah. Yeah, that's classic drill. Yeah. Yeah, no, I could see Chatterer being behind the drill. It just makes sense, right? It does, actually, especially with that most recent one. 2022, year of the buffoon. Ladies, invest early. Get yourself a man with that buffoon dick. <laughs> I'm sorry, what? I'm on top of this shit. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad we were recording for that. No one has a buffoon <laughs> dick confirmed. <laughs> what does that mean? I got no idea. Yo, but what Noah does, has that it. Mean? does that mean it's colorful? <laughs> He's a buffoon. No, no, Emma, man... that's baboon. Oh, you're right. You're right. Tell me this man in front of you is not a buffoon. You can't. I can't. I can't. You're right. Watch me change my whole stature to be sad. <laughs> Whoa, his whole stature changed and he looks so it was so sad for a second there. Holy okay, shit. I'm ready. I'm ready to clap. Let's clap. Okay. Clap them cheeks. Three, two, one. Cool. We did it. I always do the motions with my hands, but it is actually Yay, my guys. ass clapping. I believe you. <laughs> that <laughs> I saw a TikTok once. Of someone who was just complaining that all the ass clapping tutorials were no good and they were never going to learn how to actually do it. And a person just started like with the camera zoomed in and you see clapping and then their hands come up and they're still <laughs> clapping and then it stops and they back up and then it starts clapping again. 
<laughs> and they're oh just like, God. I'm not going to teach you. <laughs> so now we also know that Noah is on TikTok. Yeah, we're learning a lot about Noah today. I feel like we need to balance it out. No, Speaking of the movie, is anyone else on on the specific side of kink talk with the blacksmith? No, I'm on a different side of kink oh, talk. No. The kink talk blacksmith is great. His grip strength is obnoxiously huge. Like, he like blew dick. up an apple. What? Right, Jeff? <laughs> Your he, he had a can and he just... Popped it open oh. like nothing. Imagine what those giant hands was... could do to your buffoon dick, Noah. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever that even means. Welcome to the Hellraiser episode on this <laughs> Dude, get, Shut up, you'll get to intro my episode. This is my favorite You are movie. taking the opportunity. I'm sorry that... I'm sorry Jeff here, was too here, busy bring, talking about my buffoon dick. Bring Pinhead down to hang out with us. <laughs> no, I'm only on the side of kink talk where people like... Talk about trying to get other people to drink water. What? Like, apparently that's a Dom thing, is Doms are always telling people to drink water. I don't know. That doesn't know. sound I don't, particularly I don't correct. Uh, apparently maybe it's, it's maybe that's an aftercare doing, thing. Maybe know. it's like the people I, I went to school with who are like, I get enough water from soda, thanks. I think it's <laughs> like 50% an aftercare thing, and the other 50% is like a piss-holding kink thing. So maybe TikTok We're just thinks to... I have a piss-holding kink. You're making know. some... I, uh... I, the only kink talk I had was I briefly had people making resin paddles. Um, oh. And then that got overtaken by people complaining about how bad resin is for the environment talk. And after that, I started not interesting all the resin on my For You page. So since then, I have not been on kink talk because I think that TikTok misinterpreted the resin thing as a no kink thing. So. Hey everyone, welcome no, uh, back to Gary's Obsession, ready. the Shut up! <laughs> <laughs> Hey everyone, welcome back to Casual Obsession, the horror movie podcast where we talk about horror movies. This week, the horror movie in question is Hellraiser, uh, the first one, not any of the sequels uh, of varying degrees of quality. I'm your host, Noah, and with me are my hosts... Jeff, who thinks that it's very weird that you specified that we weren't talking about the sequels because we're only ever talking about one movie at a time, usually. That's right, Jeff, and then my other host... Emma, and I'm excited to be here to talk about the dangers of BDSM, the movie. Hell yeah. 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 And then my other host. Nina, I'm here to talk about a lot of things. <laughs> I have a lot of thoughts about this movie. Spoiler alert before going in. I'm one of the only people here that liked this I movie. Liked this. <laughs> Shut up. You're so full of it. Hey, you don't know what I felt. <laughs> <laughs> and you only know what I've thought in the past, so yeah, maybe yeah. watching it this time convinced Jeff. Maybe watching it 
two times in the past couple weeks convinced Jeff that it's that, a good movie. Actually, Jeff's forgot to watch it. Grin tells I me that he did again, not actually. enjoy it again. <laughs> I forgot to watch it a second time. You know what I meant to do though? Since we had to delay this, we didn't watch it a second time either. I really wanted to read the Hellbound Heart, the the short story me that too. it's based on. I really wanted to do that, but then for the entire two weeks, I fully forgot that I'm like a a, a person who does things. Mm-hmm. Mood. Mm-hmm. And yeah, um, you know it. It did give me vibes of like this. Reminds me of like an Edgar Allan Poe short story. Ooh, more like Edgar Allan Ho because it's all about it's sex. All about sex. Yeah. Hey. Um, I'm gonna be honest. I think it's probably better that we don't read the short stories for Clive Barker stuff and we just base it off the movies because, like, I want to talk about. Candyman very soon as in sorry Noah's messing with my mic oh do they have the same director uh no they the short stories um were written by the same person so they're based off stories by the same person yeah um and I was actually talking about this with Noah while we were watching the movie there are certain writers who wrote horror content that you can tell a lot about them as a person based on their writing and I think Poe and Lovecraft very much you read their stuff and you're like i know you as a person pretty well but i've i've watched a few movies based on clive barker stories i have no idea what this guy's like or what his personal stuff is because everything varies so wildly from mm-hmm. from story to story um i have no idea what scares him personally it really feels like he just has a really good grip on weird lore like creepy lore stuff kind of like he's kind of like a modern day folk story guy but his folk stories have a lot more details than a folk story which is why Candyman's going to be so fun to talk about because that's a folk story about folk stories right the the core of his stories seems to be mostly just kind of observational of the things around him right because the book that Candyman is based on is all about like classism Mm mm-hmm and, then, and racism. Well, uh, racism is kind of a side dish in the book, apparently, and it's played up a good bit more in the movie. The book it is works. mostly well, about it does class work war, the movie. from what I've heard. I think so that as, as versions of <laughs> this story be. go on, it definitely seems like they're leaning more into the experience of black Americans. Specifically, I'm really, really excited to see the new movie because the first one was not didn't have a lot of involvement at a production level i think by black people not a lot but this new movie um was written in part by jordan peele and directed by nia DaCosta, and i'm really excited to see what uh yeah what comes out of that but that's that's for next week yeah that was supposed to have come out already but then covid delayed it is there like an actual new release date for it? August tenth was what I heard. Was it's it August? definitely not August? It's 10th. in August. We're looking it up. I'm looking it up. August twenty seventh. See it's August twenty seventh. Twenty seventh. Everyone. I looked it up. It's August twenty seventh. I'm so excited. Hey guys, it's actually August twenty seventh. Oh. oh, thank you, Emma. Thank you. You're welcome. Um, but yeah, we're not so, here to talk about Candyman. No, that'll yeah, be next here time. We're here to Pinhead talk about Pinhead Man. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so let me tell you guys a little bit about the movie. All right. Tell me about this movie. Um, Just give me a take. I don't want like to be spoiled by it. Oh, right? okay. I don't. Okay. Yeah. I don't yeah. want anything <laughs> that's gonna like give the movie away. No, we don't want. But that. just just something to like really to really like grab my interest. 
Okay. Okay. So, um, Kinky something to sex. grab me by the balls. Ooh. Um, <laughs> and to the point where I'm not sure if I'm feeling pain or pleasure. Um, that makes me want more. Emma, you're ha- in the Emma, spirit of have this. I, I think. got the movie for you. <laughs> no, I want a summary that's going to suspend me from the ceiling and put me into a trance-like state of euphoria. <laughs> Jeff. <laughs> Jeff, have I got a movie for you? All right. <laughs> All right, so we open up on a man who's been torn apart and nailed to a post. Jesus? But I promise it's in a sexy way. You can tell because of the vibes, I okay. guess. I don't know. I got to be honest. The Where, opening was of the there movie like is not sexy at all. And it's like a cannibal course like It was like dark and moody. <laughs> Yeah, no, it does just kind of look like a Cannibal Corpse album. There's not a lot of candlelit movie it's just action. Blood and tissue and viscera. Yeah, and mm-hmm. uh, the, but, the odd bone here. But and there. you're forgetting the part where Pinhead lovingly put Frank's face back together. He does. Do but that. I'm getting ahead of myself. Open scene. You are in a loveless marriage. With a wife you didn't know cheated on you. <laughs> I get no respect. And you just uh, yeah, but. And you just got What's a giant the... house. You haven't talked so... about the puzzle box thing in the opening at all. You just skipped right over it. Yeah. Okay, fine. There... Okay, like, hold on, everyone. The... <laughs> okay, what, Noah's, what... Noah's... see, <laughs> I was trying to cater my like intro to you guys so hard. It's just like, okay, wait, I got a movie for you. Give but... me a summary that'll make me drink water. I hate it here. If nothing. you could, <laughs> anyway. I'd like it to be a summary that'll not let me go to the bathroom, but I'll, that, that's an optional part. <laughs> <laughs> no, why don't you just give us a normal non-spoilery summary? This is such a weird bit. <laughs> this, this is, is a terrible bit. bit. It's so I'm just trying though. to live here. Okay, so we open up on this scene of a man just torn apart, flayed across the room. Um... A weird dude with pins in his head uh, walks up, puts together a face from scraps that were scattered, and then grabs this golden little box, and everything disappears. And the room is just normal, boring room, like nothing ever happened. Um, Flash forward who knows how long, and we have our, uh, our two main characters whose names I didn't write down because, good lord, they're boring as hell. Is it Larry? Larry. It's Larry. Larry. Larry and Julia. Larry and Julia walk into, I think it's Larry's mom's house. That's, yeah, I Very so. religious it's woman. very clearly told, is it? Uh, it is. It's that his mom died and it's her house. That's all we know for sure. But it's been empty for a little um, while. It's been empty for a it's long while. It's been empty while. for a hot minute. It seems like he didn't really want to go back to it for any particular reason until like something drove them to it now. But I don't know what that thing is. Yeah, I think the thing is that um, Frank was the first in line to inherit the house. And then Frank had been gone for so long that Larry got to go clean the mess up. And they moved into the house. Uh, now... Um, it is implied that they are in New York City, but I do, this isn't part of the summary. I just need to let everyone know this, every Hellraiser movie, like the first three, I believe, were filmed in London. Okay. It's not important to know, but like you look around 
and you're like, why are they acting like they're in New York, but everyone has an English accent? That's yeah. I had, it's just I, bad casting. <laughs> I, I was going to ask some questions about where it was set because like, it's it's literally a 50-50 shot whether any character in this movie speaks with an American or an English accent, and that just doesn't make yep. sense for any part of the world. It's like all of our main characters, Larry, Julia, Christy, or Kirsty, and Frank, they are all America. Well, no, Frank, well, it no, doesn't Julia matter. Julia is matter. literally fucking English. What are you talking about? She's so okay, English. Okay, fine. What? I don't care. It, doesn't, it literally doesn't matter right now. <laughs> I'm trying to summarize. Shut your mouth, Jeff. So here we are. Finally. Here we are in this big house with the scariest crucified Jesus on the wall that lights up that you've ever seen. And, you know, Julia hates it. It's wow. implied Julia hates everything that Larry does. Um, but Larry tries anyway. She ends up going upstairs um, and hates everything. And then the movers who are helping move their stuff in cut their um, end up cutting Larry's hand on a big nail protruding out of the the railing post. No reason for that nail he, to be there. Oh, it's it's out like two inches. Oh, they did find out when they went upstairs. I apologize. They found out that Frank had been slumming it there. But he's not there anymore, so they throw everything away, the people are moving things in, Larry cuts his hand in the moving process, and he walks up to, he walks up to Julia in Frank's slumlord room, and he's like, oh, oh, Julia, I can't stand the sight of blood, oh, is it bad, Julia? And he is oh, just I'm gonna pass out blood as he does this. He's dumping blood. I gotta blood. say that the nail scene is maybe the grossest, like, the one that got me the most as far as the special effects in this yeah. movie, like, unironically. Yeah. The way it leads up to it, you're just like, oh, uh, I've experienced things that are kind of close to that. Uh. Uh. And then, you know, him dumping his blood all over the floor, the floor slurps that blood up. Mm, delicious. Mm. And blood. This, is, this is where we're going to stop, like, with any sort of, like, big story points, because this is where we get into spoiler territory but um frank was in the floor and he reconstitutes from larry's blood and uh boom here's a corpse not and something like, a regular guy would do but it's okay yep um so yeah the rest of the movie kind of plays out with uh us learning that frank go figure not supposed to come back oh. uh he was in fact supposed to stay gone forever and that didn't uh didn't work out i love the fact that we don't actually know how long frank was quote unquote dead between, well, i actually because... want to talk about that a lot lately later Ooh, mm -hmm. all right well i'm hyped to hear that also i feel like we have a decent clue of how long frank's been gone do we but i don't i don't remember how long well, have larry and julia been married that's another question of mine i mean kirsty is very old but, but Julia is not, not. Kirsty's mom. Yeah, that's true. Well, anyway, what happened to his fur? Anyway, we're, we're getting <laughs> we're getting away here. Where this is starting to stray into spoilery discussion, and we got some stuff to talk about first. What do we have to For talk instance, about? What else first, do we no? have to talk about? Well, I mean, I think that in uh, the kinky sex movie, there yeah. are some trigger warnings. Um, you're skipping parts. that we should definitely get here. You're skipping parts. No, you're right. You're right. My my summary block. Has short description Every and if we recommend time it in the you same guys thing. do this, 
Every time yeah. you guys get the order wrong. <laughs> All right, Noah, give me a triple We've been doing this for like 25 that episodes. It's gonna like, I don't know, smack me kind of hard with something on the butt, but not like so hard that I wouldn't like it, you know? What? What? You just really not responded to that one, huh? It's the same bit that we did with oh, the last I, We segment. only heard the last part of it is the problem. I was Give ignoring it the last segment. a critical reception too. segment that is going to smack me on the ass and make it hurt a little. Okay. Yes. That is the IMDb, correct next thing. Um, IMDB gives this movie a 10 out of 10. Uh, Rotten Tomatoes gives this movie 100%. Metacritic what? gave it a hundred percent. What? That's and bullshit. Averages I don't out believe at a five you. Out of five. <laughs> I do not believe Did you. Did they not watch I was it? Try, I was trying to smack Jeff on the ass with the things. I was hoping this would surprise him enough. Oh shit. <laughs> He actually did yeah. the thing that I asked him I to do. Yeah, bitch, I tried. Okay, now oh, what are the okay. actual numbers? All right. The actual numbers is uh, IMDb has a 7 out of 10. Rotten okay. Tomatoes has a 73. Metacritic has a 57. And Letterboxd is a 3.5 out of 5. So also a 7 out of 10. Okay. Mm-hmm. With the exception mm-hmm. of Metacritic's un- unnaturally low number, we're sitting at about a 70%. All right. That seems yeah. right. Yeah, that's, uh, that's the... The official critical reception for this movie. Now, what I'm really curious about, though, is, uh, Emma, what do you think Jeff rated this? <laughs> I think Jeff probably rated this a 6.9 out of 10. <laughs> it's a good guess. It's a good guess. <laughs> Jeff, was she right or was she wrong? I was actually going to give it a 7. So within so I was one. basically right. Yeah. yeah, I can't. Emma nailed it. Emma now, nailed Jeff, it, yeah. Jeff. I need you to guess. What did Emma rate it? Fight, fight, fight. I'm Can thinking. Do you know Emma as well as Emma knows you? I'm thinking there's no way Emma gives it better than a five. I do not think Emma liked this movie. Interesting. Emma? Interesting. Emma? Care to prove Jeff right or wrong? Gave it a six. Oh! <laughs> suck an egg, Jeff. Oh. Suck an egg. <laughs> I was close ish. But blatantly yeah. wrong. You, you're right in that I feel very um, ambivalent towards the movie. I respect that. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nina, you don't get to guess what I rated because you can just read my rating. But what did you rate this movie? Oh, that's a great question. I, I'd say I rate this like a seven. How can you Wait, say can I guess each other? Can I, can because... I guess Noah's? I yes. think you gave it a 10 out of 10 because it's your favorite movie. I think Noah gives I it a 9 not. out of 10 because he can't commit to a 10. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Fuck you. Wait, if you, Fuck you. It's you almost like you guys are fucking related. <laughs> if he can't, I hate you. Wait, if he can't commit to a 10, how did he end up with Nina? Ooh. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> First, the, what was it? Um... Buffoon dick, and then <laughs> we're just coming for you today. I was gonna say, damn girl, you from Kentucky? Because you're the only ten I see. <laughs> what? What? <laughs> what? <laughs> I'm trying not to pick up lines. How do you, how'd you feel about that one? That was great. Oh, Let's move on. I wasn't a yes, fan. he did give it a nine. I did give it a nine. I did give it okay. a nine, not because I can't commit to a ten. It's because you can't I have... commit to a ten. <laughs> No, no, I have a few tens on my list that we will eventually come across. Yeah, sure. We uh, will. It's because for as much as I love this movie and I love the greater universe of uh, the Hellraiser cinematic experience, uh-huh. um, 
it is dated. I'm not going to pretend that there's not a lot of dated elements. I'm not going to pretend that when Jeff says Clive Barker only knows how to write dialogue like it's in a book. I'm not going to pretend that he's wrong. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, no, I think this is a movie that you could admit has flaws. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, Noah, now that we've got our um, opinions out of the way on how good this movie is, why yeah. don't you tell us about some trigger warnings? Now, Emma, I'm glad you asked me because there's some very important trigger warnings we need to get out here. Uh, the kinky sex movie has some sexual content in it. Oh, I need people to know that what? right off the bat. Um, I think that's important. I think also it's important to note that the kinky sex does involve a lot of body horror. Um, every one of the Cenobites who are the... Uh, I would say they're the driving counts. force of the movie. They're the, the kinky sex monsters. Um... They're all really uh, messed up. Yeah. You may have heard us talking earlier about Chatterer and his, uh, you know, poetry his blog. poetry blog. <laughs> if that made it into the cut, I, I don't know. The SM in and, BDSM stands for sex monster. I can't figure out what the B and the D would stand for, though. Sorry, I'm late with Big this Big daddy joke. sex monster. There we Come go. Come on, Thank Jeff. Thank you. <laughs> Jeff, I'm disappointed in you. Sorry, I just... Uh. Um... My head's not in the so game. So yeah, there's there's sexual content, there's body horror. Uh there's also like some sexual assault that goes on. There's a bit of that. It's yeah. Aggressive seduction, maybe. I don't know what you want to call Basically, it. Basically, if you're shitty. uncomfortable with like if sex. sex is very uncomfortable for you, this is a bad movie to watch. Yeah. Um But no what, is there a three minute uncomfortably long sex scene with a werewolf and a woman <laughs> no there's a four minute no. <laughs> the presence of that scene is what would have taken this movie all the way from a nine to a ten it's yeah. true true no there there is uh no werewolf sex in this movie Seven. no werewolves and at all actually actually there is a penis though i don't know if y'all noticed but there is, there? is full dong on is display there? there is it's very brief yeah when Frank yeah. gets out of a bed in in one scene and, and it he just is hangs. Butt ass naked. <laughs> oh. Yep. Can't confirm. We rewound to make sure that. because I wasn't sure. I think that? I saw that, but I only saw butt. I didn't see the dong. There's both. plenty of butt it, there in was that both. scene. I did not realize there was yeah. dong. Wow. I'm gonna. I should have watched the movie a second time. I would have caught that. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, you know, I just Missing out. These are all things that are important to note. Um, butts dongs sexual God, content dong sing body horror wait no no that's an m not an h i don't know where i was going with this anyway <laughs> that's the stuff to look out for in this movie and honestly after such an intense list it's got me wondering how scary is this movie jeff do you nina nina <laughs> do you have a resource that we could go to to ask about He's how scary this movie is <laughs> hmm see i think i might know an expert even okay yeah um hold on uh, I got no. it. it's no, really tempting to pull my cell phone out uh ring ring calling emma <laughs> it's ringing <laughs> i hope it goes through Me it too. would be really nice if your expert could actually make it on the show <laughs> she hasn't That'd picked be really up helpful. yet oh hello <laughs> hi emma, oh, emma sorry i never pick up on the first ring that's that's super valid i was that's playing so cool. video games while recording a podcast <laughs> 
<laughs> That's so cool. Um, I I have an important question for you. Some of my friends want to know if, uh, how scary you think Hellraiser is. I don't know if you've seen also it or tell not. Tell him I said hi. Hellraiser. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Jeff uh, says hi. Oh, hey, Jeff. Um, hey, Jeffy. Um, Hellraiser, the, the BDSM movie from, like, the 1950s. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, well, I'm glad you asked. See, I watched it, like, relative, like a few weeks ago. Um, That's and convenient. I wasn't, I didn't think it was too freaky. It was definitely, like, gory. Um, and, like, there's some kind of disturbing scenes. And, like, some of the practical effects were real good. But um, I didn't know that, I wasn't sure that I was, like, super spooked by it. Um, because I watched another movie that, like, super, super scared me recently, and ever since, I've been chasing that high. Um, and, but then, recently, like, a couple days ago, I watched a movie that one of my friends said was one of the scariest movies he'd seen, uh, called Annabelle, and I did not think that was scary, and so, because of that... I think I considered Hellraiser more scary after watching it, and so I I I I give it like a ten out of ten. All right, all great. Right. Thank you for your input. Okay. Hangs up. You're welcome. Hey, so not to put your friend on blast, but who who said Annabelle was the scariest movie? Do I my know my friend them? Eric? I am hey, gonna Eric? put Eric on blast. Eric. Hey, Eric. No, be nice to Eric. I don't know who Eric is, but Eric, Eric. get it Annabelle? together. Watch Not even Annabelle movies, Creation, dude. which You'll is better than Annabelle. Oh my god, you guys are so mean. <laughs> it's because he the creepy dolls creep him out. Oh, that's, no, I feel that's that. Valid. Okay, okay. I, I was Eric, dragged to Annabelle Creation. Play? I was like... Or the so new Child's Play. Constantly through the movie, I kept hoping that we would see like the Annabelle doll just running in the background. <laughs> I thought it would have been really funny. But um, also, I was like, you know... I can't judge him too hard because if this was a movie about sharks, it would probably be really scary for me. Since, as we know, I am scared of sharks. You're scared of sharks? Yeah, my mom was bit by a shark when she was pregnant with me. <laughs> Shoot, I didn't know that. Oh, I'm yeah, so sorry to hear that, that, Emma. Wait, did we, did we not? Did I not? <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe I just gaslit Nina by accident. <laughs> Whoa. I, I can pull up my text messages with Emma's mom and prove that we've had this conversation already. No one was claiming that we didn't. It was it. It's a everybody big, was you know? recognizing oh. that we had. It was a it was a callback joke. You, you guys know, now that we've. I think maybe I, Nina's a little overwhelmed by this. She's gonna need a second. I'm gonna give a a more in depth hit on this movie. Yeah, while Nina cool. like so this collects is gonna herself. be the summary that won't let me go to the bathroom. Jeff. I need you to stop. <laughs> I'm not progressing. I'm your brother. This, this is weird. You should be grateful. <laughs> All right. So Frank wakes up out of the floorboards and he's like, hey, Julia, it's me, Frank. And, and he looks like Julia, that guy from Mushroom Head. Yeah, he, he does look like the guy from Mushroom Head. If you're not sure which one. Yes. Um, Wait, what the fuck is Mushroom Head? You never listened Mushroom to Mushroom Head. Mushroom Head is a new metal band that had, like, they fought with Slipknot over which one of them invented being a band that wore masks and had, like, 20 members. So I just it's a want, dumb fight. So I, I went to Google Mushroom Head 
mm-hmm. and one word Google auto completed the auto completed to something. And I want you guys to know um, it auto completed mushroom head to mushroom head air cushion CC cream. I was just about to ask you if it was mushroom head air cushion CC cream. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why. I've never searched for that before. Oh no. What is it? What? Yeah, you do mushroom H and that's what pops up. What is this? What? <laughs> it's just it's just a makeup product. Yeah. Oh, it's a waterproof thing. It's weird. Okay. I can tell because they just spilled soy sauce on themselves and it's okay. Oh. Continue the summary. I apologize. No, you're good, you're good. Okay, so the summary. Um <laughs> Frank wakes up and he's just like, hey, Julia, give me some people. Let me slurp them down so I can get rejuvenated and you can get my dick again. He does sound like this, by the way, like almost unironically. He does. He says baby every third sentence. Yeah. Yeah. No, that. Ooh, I hated Frank's dialogue so much. Frank's dialogue was just like no bueno. They just Um, it just the, the the dialogue goes so far out of its way to emphasize that Frank is gross Hey, what's up, hot stuff, you babe? Show me them tits, sugar tits. That's, yeah, that's, that's what he sounds exactly like. Frank. He's on about that I'm level. I'm only yeah. slightly exaggerating. Yeah, Just yeah. take, imagine you're listening to Mel Gibson drunkenly talk to a police officer. That's Ooh. almost Frank. Ooh. Frank's yeah, right? not overtly racist, though. Like, we don't know whether or not Frank is racist, whereas we do know I think, with Mel Gibson. We do know Mel Gibson is, but I don't know. Frank, am I Frank is sexist Frank enough is, to fit in. Am I saying that Frank is perhaps marginally better than Mel Gibson? Maybe. No, you shouldn't. Mel Gibson Frank does is distinct, suck, though. I mean, we got to see in the beginning of the movie, Julia picks up Frank's photo album. This is why she gets all moody about Frank again, because Frank has a stack of loose photographs that are just him having sex. Yeah, it's the most narcissistic thing I've ever seen. It's just like it's like that scene from American Psycho, but it's like 30 photos of that. Look at when you consider the fact that he had to like set up the camera and make sure that it was focused correctly. I mean, a lot of them looked like orgy photos, so I got to assume that someone else was taking them. I just assumed that Frank hired a professional photographer to watch him have sex. Oh, that's also I buy that probably true. But anyway, the story we end up hearing is that Frank, in search for the hardest boner he could find, Frank goes <laughs> out there. <laughs> Go I on. think it's just India. It- I think that the this place portrayed in the movie is very vague. Like, yeah. No, it is India. Is it it's India? India? Because in the second movie, we learn that Pinhead was a British soldier what? stationed in wait. India, and then he got the puzzle box there. It was India. God, I fucking wait. Got so it. wait. So oh. wait. Okay, I we, I'm gonna we weren't to... gonna talk about the second. Yeah, movie. So good. Good. We weren't talking about the second movie. Yeah, but I did finally figure out that it was in anyway. Okay. So we're we're in India, right? We're in India, and Frank's just like, I want a boner, and the guy's like, take this box, and he takes the box and he plays around with it, and then the box opens up and shoots chains with hooks on him out and he uh, gets torn apart and then we flash back to the present and Frank's just like and that's why I'm here now as a corpse you gotta help me out Julia so Julia decides to go around and start killing random men 
she'll like go to bars and she'll seduce them and be like, hey, come back to my house. And then she like treats them with utter contempt the whole way up to the attic. And they're it all just like, her husband, I can't wait to so. have sex. <laughs> Some of them were like, to be fair to Julia, kind of the worst. They so were. all of them were. <laughs> And they all looked pretty much the same as well. They kind of did. Yeah. <laughs> Listen, she was doing her part in getting rid of white men from the world. That's true. She should have gotten rid were of all Frank them at white? the same that, time. That's yes. true. They were all white There's and they were only, all British. Only white people in this and movie. And two of them the were only, the same. The only person who wasn't white in this movie was Frank. Is Frank not, not white? Frank Frank was Italian. Oh, I'm so oh. sorry. <laughs> <laughs> also, also, Frank and Larry are 100 percent not brothers. Yeah, they, they exactly. No, no, Frank no way. And Larry are brothers. <laughs> Larry's just like, hello, my name is Larry, and then Frank is like, hello, my name is Frank. <laughs> also, Bang. all Frank's lines are so blatantly dubbed. Did you notice every? Oh, uh, yeah, because the uh, the body like actor who did his so voice. Obvious. Um is not the same guy who played Frank proper. Yeah. Um, so yeah. But he, uh, did you notice that he had like the beauty filter on whenever they showed him? It was like slightly softer and glowy. Yeah, they like, was the, like uh, the, the Star Trek uh, filter for the women. Vaseline on the lens. Yeah. Yeah, they were they were trying to pump up the fact that, get it, Frank is sexy. Frank oh is my God. Oh, anyway, like, pay attention. Frank has the world's you, best. Why don't you tell us about the rest of the movie? What and then we so can yeah, actually um, so they kill like a lot of people, uh, three to be exact, a lot. Uh, but Kirsty catches Julia bringing the third man back, and then she almost gets caught by Frank, and she's panicking, she's having a bad time, and then Frank kills Larry, skins him, and wears his skin because I guess that's the only thing he couldn't grow back was skin. Yeah, that was really weird because the first odd, few drops of blood move. got him a long way. And then after that, it was like a whole person um, every actually, time. Actually, that was like a gallon of blood. Check your facts. Larry was spewing everywhere. Just dumping blood. He was but so meanwhile, full of blood. He was like a water bottle. Yeah, while but, this is going on, Kirsty has her own shit she has to go yeah, through. Yeah, Kirsty's dealing with uh, bad times with Julia. Like, Julia is just more openly hating her. And it makes me wonder, was there ever a time that she loved Larry? And then we get a flashback where she's talking about how she's like Frank randomly comes to her house in the middle of the pouring rain and he's like for her wedding. You're, you're Larry's fiance, right? And she's like, yes. Oh, I love him so much. He's like, I'm his brother, Frank. I'll show you a good time, baby. And then she's like, oh, no, I couldn't. And he's like, yes. <laughs> and then that's it. <laughs> And and then and then we get the uh, the not three minute werewolf sex scene. It's the one minute people sex scene where you get to see Frank's uh, you know, and uh, yeah. And then we find out that Frank has the world's greatest dick because after Apparently. that, Julia's like, "I'll do anything for you," including kill like, so many people. And he's like, "I'll hold you to that." And then and he came back from the dead just to hold her to that. And then she, uh, she so does Julia, it when she dodges Frank, um, she steals his puzzle box, uh, cause Frank brought that back with him somehow. He needs it. Uh, but she steals it and she opens it up while she's in the hospital being treated for hysteria. Probably. Probably. She just kind of passed out. Um, uh, they found her on the streets. Uh, <laughs> exactly. 
and she has health insurance so she ended up in a hospital good for her uh, she opens nice. up the box and we get to see the engineer uh that's what that dude's name is by the way the dude yeah. that like you could sometimes see the guy on the cart behind him pushing him who was supposed to be climbing on the ceiling he's the engineer um do you know why he's dude. called that nope no idea at all maybe he made the shit you well, don't know no, he did not that was the leviathan but then we're straying into second movie territory which jeff told me i'm not allowed to talk yeah, about you're, you're the one, that said, you're the one that said we weren't going to <laughs> no the engineer <laughs> the engineer helps maintain the labyrinth that is run by the leviathan okay the leviathan is this big uh it's shape not satan but it's in charge of hell no, not in charge of hell. It's not in charge, in charge of charge hell. In charge of that plane of torment. What the fuck? It, How many it's planes his of torment little, are there? It's his little zone. This sounds like... He owns that. This, Noah explaining this sounds like me explaining God of War lore to Noah. <laughs> is that what so God like, of War is like? So this is, this is actually important lore <laughs> yes. info. Um, the Cenobites are not demons. Right. They are not... There is no, like... For all the biblical like tie-ins you can put in with the Hellraiser universe, up until movie three, they were not the antagonists. Right. They're in this like movie, they just exist. They're just kind of there. They're like, hey, you open the box. We're gonna we're gonna torture sex you. No, okay, I really cool. want you to you make an alternate version of Hellraiser where the story is the same, but you dub over everyone's lines with that voice. <laughs> Hey, we got such sights to show you. <laughs> <laughs> that was amazing. Um, what was I going to say? Doors to the pleasures of heaven or hell. But... I didn't care which. Oh, yeah. They're <laughs> like, you open the box. It's our job to do the sex thing. Uh, here we go. <laughs> and then Kirstie's like, wait, what about Frank? And they're like, yeah, we already have Yo, a Frank. And she's like, no, you don't. He's <laughs> at my house. So they're like, prove it then. She goes back. And Frank isn't there because he's wearing the Larry suit. And she's just like, I don't know what to say. He was here earlier. And they're like, then we're going to take you then. But then Frank, you know, goes on a killing spree, accidentally kills Julia, gets ready to kill Kirsty. Um, but he just can't help himself. He has to be like, hey, it's me, Frank, before he kills her. And that's enough for the Cenobites to be like, well, that was all we need. Yeah, they were just <laughs> waiting for him to admit he was Frank. And then they pop up and they're like, we have such Franks for you. And then they Whoa. get rid of him. He they just vanishes. Him. But then the Cenobites were also like, hey, you still opened the box. So we're still taking you with us. Take that. And bada bing bada boom here we are at uh the end of the movie there's a giant climax uh butterball gets trapped in a collapsing building every other cenobite gets teleported back to hell but not butterball and and then the engineer pops up for some reason but i think he dies but i don't know and then they're like oh this is too much and they take the box she and her boyfriend, who I didn't mention because he's the least important character in the he world. He doesn't matter at all. He doesn't affect anything. Um, he doesn't affect anything. He's just there. Uh, they go to this random bonfire out on a river and they burn it. And then this homeless man who we saw earlier in the movie at Kirsty's exotic pet shop job. Um, he was in there eating crickets. <laughs> Like you do. Uh, big John the Baptist energy, if yeah. you will. Um, he came, he collects the puzzle box, 
from the fire turns into a blind dragon, a uh, oh, yeah. blind skeleton dragon, and flies away. And then he returns the box to the strange man in India ish. I thought it was implied that he was the dragon, that the dragon, the he homeless the... guy, and the guy who sells the puzzle box are all nope. the same thing. No, creepy man with the box is not the homeless man dragon. They are different people. Oh. It's part of the lore. But oh, they're, they're friends, though. Does that come into the They work sequels? together. Um, I mean, the guy comes into the sequel. He's the one that sold Pinhead the box. Right. Um, he's, he's connected the to the box, the box directly. Right. Yes. Uh, so, I don't remember the in the importance of the blind dragon, but he's important in the books or like the graphic novel or something. Um, right. <laughs> yeah. That was the only thing from the sequels I wanted to know was what the fuck was up with the dragon. Yeah. Yeah, no, he's um, he's a guardian type of character for the box. But then also, as the sequels went on, the box its origin got like so zonked out that it doesn't even make sense. So Also, uh Frank bought the box in Morocco. Morocco? Morocco, Noah. That's well, really far pretty away far from, from India. India. <laughs> in that case, he took it back to Morocco. I assumed it was India cuz Pinhead definitely got it in India. Hmm. I mean, he can move around. Boxes can travel, Noah. Haven't you ever heard of FedEx? Yeah, Noah, haven't you heard of FedEx? Or Flying Dragon? Or Flying or Dragon. Flying Dragon. Um, so, to start us off, <laughs> now that we've gone through the 30-minute summary section. <laughs> yep. Uh, That's a long summary, yeah. Well, I mean, we kept interrupting Noah. That's true. <laughs> it's true. Um, the I have a question. The spoiler-free synopsis was also, like, 20 minutes long. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, we're just I, I might have an answer. I have a question. Um, I saw on, and this is not directly about the movie, but it's something I kind of wanted to talk about this episode. Um, I saw on Twitter a while ago that like the rights for Hellraiser reverted back to like the director or the writer of like the first. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Movie. Yeah. Uh, both. When uh, did Clive they... Barker was the writer and director. When did they lose the rights? Um, I don't After remember the when they lost the rights, movie, but yeah, the first two movies were Clive Barker's movies. He okay. he did it. Um, and then the third movie was not that good, but it was most people consider the first three to be the canonical conclusion of the story. Huh. Mm -hmm. Some people just like to choose the first two, and I gotta be honest, those people are kind of more correct because the first two were really good, and the third one's not that great. And then the fourth one introduces the lore of the lament configuration, which is the cube. Uh -huh. um, it was supposed to be three movies in one, like, but it was supposed to be like a two and a half to three hour long movie. Okay. Uh, that got cut down to a 90 minute movie with yeah. three movies oh. worth of plot in it. And it's yeah, very no. bad. That sounds awful. And they, and then after that movie, I think that's when we started going straight to straight to video. And it was scripts that were purchased and Pinhead was put in them. Oh. Uh, to maintain the rights to the movie, we got a few other ones in there. Um, let me let me double check some names real quick. Um, to maintain the rights, we ended up getting... Where, let me see the list of movies. There's only like seven or 13 of... I don't know. <laughs> uh, we got... Let's see. We got a new Hellraiser every few years up until 2005. Ugh. And then we took a break. 
and then we got Hellraiser Revelations, which is worse than all the straight-to-video sequels that we got. Bloodline, say, Inferno, Hellseekers, Deader, and Hellworld were uh, all better than Revelations. And those all sound um, terrible. Yeah. They were not good. Hell Hellworld was fun. Someone, I was watching a tier video where someone tried to claim Hellraiser Deader was the best direct-to-video sequel. They are so wrong. It was so... I've tried to watch this movie so many times. I watched <laughs> it once. I didn't remember anything about it. Right. And I've tried to watch it three more times since then. And I have not been able to get through it. It's so fucking bad. Wow. Anyway. Wow. Uh, Hellraiser like Revelations. It's with The Nightmare Before Christmas. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Except, I promise you, Nightmare Before Christmas, far better than this movie. At least I got a solid nap out of it every time, so... You did. There you go. Um, Hellraiser so, Revelations was the reboot that they tried to bring interest back, but they tried to mimic Pinhead, and it was very bad. And then Hellraiser yeah. Judgment, they went off in a new direction, very different story, um, and more directly tied in biblical things. Yeah. Um, and it wasn't bad, but it wasn't good. Yeah. And that's Hellraiser, baby. So... As someone who really loved the first two movies, at least, um, are you very excited that the rights are back with Clive Owen? And do you know if he has any plans Barker. to like make another movie? Uh, Clive Barker is in talks with HBO to make a Hellraiser TV show. Oh, cool. Ooh. I'm excited about that. Okay. Um, because they handled be the Watchmen TV show pretty well, from what I understand. So I'm really excited to see what they do with Hellraiser, especially with Clive back in the circle. Yeah, because uh, he I was like not consulted anymore of... after we hit these sequels. What's that? Oh, no, it's just he was not consulted when we hit any of the sequels anymore. Oh, right, right. So it was like, yeah, he's not like involved in any time. of them. Yeah, I, I mm. feel like I would trust him to be working on something longer form like that. I think that that sounds like it would be really. Good. I just need him to not be connected to the process too directly. This is a pretty controversial take, I guess, among um practical effect horror fans but clive barker's other movie he directed was nightbreed and nightbreed's bad is it oh mm. i saw nightbreed at work the other day and i was like what the hell is it's this so bad okay um it's it's a clive barker story so you sure. know you have this guy who's like confessing to his like psychiatrist about all these terrible dreams he has and then spoiler alert for an old movie the psychiatrist goes and does the crimes this guy thinks he's doing. Oh. Yeah. Um, but as it turns out, this guy's actually got monster blood in him and he goes down to Monster City and there's a bunch of really wackadoo dudes. It's not worth your time. I'm definitely it's not watching that it. <laughs> you should. It's on Shudder still, I think. The director's not, cut is there. The director's but... cut is the distinct version you should watch. Okay. You got an extra, like, 80 minutes of weird monster faces. That's too much. That's but too the, long. Uh, the too much design is cool. weird monster faces. Uh, yeah, it's a slight exaggeration, but not a huge exaggeration. Anyway, anyway, anyway. Um, so, yeah, I'm very excited to see what HBO does with this story. By the way, yeah. um, before I forget to say this at the end of the, uh, at the, end of the podcast, if anyone wants to know any Hellraiser info, like literally any Hellraiser info at all, uh, go to Mr. H Reviews on YouTube. Firstly, his voice is really great. Secondly, oh. he has read all of the Hellraiser comics and books. 
and has seen all the movies and collects the figurines. He's like actually a very knowledgeable source about Hellraiser. So if you want to know more, um, go to him and not the other like Hellraiser ranked type videos because they're the ones that say Deader is good. And it's not. It's a strong stance that I'm like going to fight about. I would never have assumed that anything titled Deader would be good at all, ever. No. Could it not be Hellraiser colon more dead? That's not good That's worse. All right, but let's at talk least about this it's movie. Grammatically correct. I, I do want to talk about this movie. I'm excited to talk about this movie. So I've we talked should a talk lot. about this movie. I've talked yeah, for like 40 minutes. Yeah, let's talk about now. this movie now. Um, I want to say something about Emma, this I'd movie. I'd love to hear. You should what say you something say about this movie. I hate old movies. Why do you make me watch mm, them? Yeah, yeah. This well, one looks even older than it is. Yes, and I hate what what's her fucking name? Julia. 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 The Julia. wife. Her hair. She's the worst. Her she hair is, is terrible. I don't like her hair, but also I hate the whole like old movie trend of like, ooh, let's make this girl talk in a very breathy voice. Oh yeah. Like, oh yes, I I can't believe that I'm cheating on my husband. Like, that's just uh-huh. the worst fucking thing. I don't understand it as an acting choice at all. I don't understand the history of it. It's so fucking frustrating. And I hate it, and I hate that it was included in this movie. Also, Larry sucks yes, dick. He does, he does. He does. He's real boring, he's real creepy. Very. I mean, so is Frank, so it kind of runs in the family. But he's just, this. He's, I hate, like, all, I hate all of the characters in this. Okay, so here's the thing, though, is I feel like some of those things, uh, I want to go through this like one item at a time. Um, the scenes where Julia is talking in all the like super breathy ways and like the they're shooting with like the Vaseline lens and stuff and all the, the, the shots of Frank. I think a lot of that stuff is kind of pointed to make a statement about mm-hmm. like uh, how she's like sort of viewing the past through like rose colored glasses and romanticizing mm-hmm. it a lot because it's shot in like a like a soap opera kind of way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is. It so I, I feel like that's an intentional stylistic choice. It is very annoying to look at and listen to, though. It is. Um, shit, what was the next thing? I've got no memory of anything. Um, her hair. Her uh, hair. <laughs> oh, no, the, the, that's just, the, her hair's just making her look like David Bowie for most of the movie. There's, there's nothing, nothing else to say about that. Um, so... Uh, that was she's a terrible female character but can we talk about nina's strong female character corner real quick sure is it the girl who has her throat ripped open oh god don't talk about (laughs) that's a that person's a a girl i thought that was a guy she's listening no she's the only girl female cenobite yeah she's female (laughs) cenobite um no i was gonna talk about kirsty who um my coworker who really likes horror movies and I were talking about overlooked uh, final girls and we have agreed that Kirsty is one of the most overlooked uh, final girls. Uh, you hear a lot about, you know, Laurie and Nancy and I love Nancy a lot. But I mean, Kirstie Kirstie does a, is, she pulls her weight in this movie. She is fully absent for almost the entire first third of the movie. So we don't get very much of her early on. So then we hit the middle of the movie and it's like, oh, suddenly she's the main character. Oh, and we don't. But she know does her so much in that last part of the movie. She makes a, she makes a splash. She, she, she makes like, a splash. She's not like she makes her. Though. She makes her. She her? isn't. 
I mean, we know that she's Larry's daughter and that she's into, she's trying to be more independent and that she doesn't like Julia. They kind of have to focus more on Julia and Frank to be able to set up where everything else is going. Mm-hmm. I think that as far as what we know about Kirsty, I'd say we probably know a little more about Kirsty than we do full scale about Nancy or Lori, like going into the whole story. Nancy and Lori are like the weird outcast kids. I guess Nancy has more friends and we know Nancy who Nancy's dating. But other than that, we don't get a whole lot on them either until things start going down with the antagonist. But they're at least present in the movie. I mean, what you want Nancy to just be standing in the background of the scenes where Frank's coming back. I think that 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 sounded really mean. I feel like she just doesn't get enough content early in the movie to clue us into the fact that she's the main character. I felt the same way about Alice in Friday the 13th, honestly. That's fair, yeah. I definitely did not. And I'm not saying Alice is like one of the great final girls or anything, because I don't really think she is. She doesn't do as much as Nancy or Lori does at all. She just kind of is the last one alive at the end of the day. Yeah. Um... But yeah, Alice, I didn't even know she was going to be our final girl until she was. And I was like, oh, this is it. (laughs) This is That's fine, I guess. Um, But Kirstie, I I liked rooting for her. I think it was very good of her to put two and two together um, when the Cenobites showed up that they were there for Frank because of the like what she knew about Frank and where she got the box and the box brought these guys in and that he didn't want the box taken. She was able to put together from the clues pretty quickly what this what the Cenobites actually wanted and kind of take a bet that they would want Frank more than her. Um and I appreciated that quick thinking and obviously she was able to get out of there alive, which was shocking to me. I definitely yeah. thought she or her boyfriend were going to die. Have I got a second movie for you? I would love to watch it, but he's not. And she does not die. Then why did you bring it up? She's an even stronger character in that movie. She is a much better character oh. in that movie, though that movie is overall incredibly worse. I could not disagree more. <laughs> well, I could not We're disagree more. We're going to have to do a listen, mini-sode of Noah and Jeff listen, arguing about all the Hellraiser I'm giving this movie a net positive review today, so... <laughs> that doesn't mean Count that I have your to blessings, put up with this Noah. slander. I refuse to stick up for the second one. <laughs> Uh, audience can watch it themselves and decide that it's actually a really good movie they, but they won't though <laughs> they're not gonna decide that because it's not hellbound hellraiser 2 <laughs> is a classic um so i took noah when we were first dating i took him to the museum of pop culture in seattle um and i was really excited because there are a lot of really cool props from different horror movies in the horror exhibit there and um there's some really really cool shit there's like the hand the face grabber um and the full um xenomorph shoot suit from alien like yeah, these, from so. the movies um there is a michael myers but it's not from the original halloween and there uh-huh. is a box there is a little puzzle box but it is not from the first Hellraiser movie. And that was the first thing. It disheartened me a little bit because he goes up to him. He's like, oh, a box. And then he looks at the label. And he's like, Inferno. Ew. And I'm like, Damn. I won't lie, though. Inferno was a fun Hellraiser sequel. It wasn't oh, okay. good, but it was fun. That's the purgatory one. I mean, Spoiler it is alert. important to be fun if the movie's not going to be good, at least. 
Right. Exactly. Um, That's how I feel about a lot of movies that we've that we've talked about both on this podcast and just in general. Uh, I would love to talk about Fantasy Island. Speaking of fun movies that are not good. I'd love to talk about that one one day. I thought that one was fun. All right. Uh, I I enjoyed the hell out of that movie. Are you kidding me? That was a wild ride. Oh, I would buy it. (laughs) Jeff is like, I I watch it a second time. I wasn't a fan. Whatever. We can have different opinions, I guess. But well, I'm going to make you watch it a second time. So it's her pick this coming week. No, it's not. (laughs) Emma, do you have anything else you'd like to say about this movie? Um, we definitely kind of took it away. So back to you. I'm sure I do. The practical effects were pretty decent. They were. Yay. Holy crap. Crap. Nice. They're... The resurrection scene is so cool. The resurrection scene was really good. I, was I love that scene so much. Um, I really like the probably... summoning scenes as well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Those sorts of things were probably the only parts that I like thought were pretty cool about this movie and also i i said this like off recording but um this felt very much like it's based on a short story but um that like while watching it i really kind of reminded me of i think it's edgar Allan poe's story where it's like somebody murders a body and hides it under the floorboards Mm, yeah the telltale heart yeah just kind of reminded me of that a lot but like extra Mm-hmm. And I liked mm-hmm. that sort of folk tales-y vibe. Yeah. That was cool. And that's probably why I gave it a six rather than lower. There is something um, about the, the short story feeling vibe to it that, mm-hmm. that is just nice. I feel like that works really well with horror stories. Yeah, exactly. And so I enjoyed those. Didn't really like the acting. I liked um, the you daughter was like pretty Larry's good. acting? But... No, fuck Larry. Larry's acting. Uh, like the a daughter dick. was pretty good, but the daughter's relationship with her dad was really weird and creepy. But that's just felt very strange. People's yeah, um, yeah. I don't know if it's just because I personally don't enjoy the word daddy, but yeah. I did not enjoy her talking. I to him. genuinely didn't have that much of a problem with it, um, but I don't. I also don't think it was a normal, healthy father-daughter relationship represented on screen. I just think it was maybe the relationship in the movie that made me the least uncomfortable. Um, okay. <laughs> that's, yeah. You know, that's valid. Frank, no good Frank's relationship, relationship with movie. her was very bad. I, I, I didn't actually, like the hints one that of the Frank's mo- relationship with her had. One of the moments in the movie that actually like made me the like, because things that scare me in movies are not like the gore or anything. It's the, like we were talking about with the hand catching on the nail, it's the, oh, I've experienced something like this and Mm, things turned out fine for me, but here's the way they could have turned out absolutely even worse. And when she has a nightmare about her dad dying and then calls her dad in a panic and he's like, I'm fine. And then she goes home and finds him like skinned alive and shit. Like like, having a nightmare about your family not being safe and and calling them worried is definitely something that like as a relationship was maybe maybe one of the only things i related to relationship wise in that whole movie so um i have a question you've talked a little bit about kind of religion in the context of this movie or whatever that Mm -hmm. it has a lot of religious symbolism but it's not is it the jesus line 
that, that I forgot about that, but yes, oh. that. <laughs> but um, also just there's a shit ton of religious symbolism mm-hmm. and imagery in this movie, yeah. and I just didn't get it. I didn't mm-hmm. get why it was there. Right? No, it feels very thrown um, together. So, so like, I think the vibe they were trying to give is that Frank and Larry's mom was very religious. Yeah. And I feel like it was just used as a backdrop to show how much of a hedonist Frank was. Or. 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 The fact that Larry is so blatantly a not good person also seems like uh, definitely an asshole, right? And Frank mm. is such a tremendous uh, perverted piece of shit. Um, I feel like maybe that's Clive taking a shot at organized religion and oh, like, it could be. Uh, that's possible. repression of sexuality and such. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's like, like, oh, how, the loving father is um, not actually better than the hedonist in a lot of ways. Yeah. Yeah. It's also um, interesting. Go ahead. Because like, I mean, the Cenobites are kind of this example of sexual freedom i guess sexual exploration but in like Mm -hmm. a creepy way yeah and uh, i mean back this was made in the 80s 87 right yep so like back in the 80s i feel like kinks and fetishes and sexual like whatever were still very much kind of like hidden and thought bad of yeah and Mm -hmm. so i'm curious because like today like especially in like queer communities like sexual liberation and like all of that is much more commonplace to talk about and mm-hmm. like kind of accept about yourself and mm-hmm. i'm curious what a hellraiser movie with that in mind would look like kind of today yeah mm-hmm. um, can't believe pinhead where... just got one upped by internet porn well that's that's the thing is that pinhead and the cenobites in this movie specifically are actually such a neutral presence that like Mm -hmm. um despite being very scary i I don't know that they're necessarily villainized as much as like they're just there frank's clearly the bad guy in this situation Yeah, no it's frank and julia are the villains frank and julia are the villains and not necessarily because of their like deviant tendencies more about the fact of what they're willing to do to other people to be able to in like have this kind of relationship the cenobites are just kind of there um which makes them even scarier because you know i love a force of nature villain but um (laughs) but like still i i feel like i feel like that's um that's part of what's being i don't i don't mm-hmm. pretend to know what's being said in this movie uh because i haven't spent a lot of brain cells on that well, but i think i think that the cenobites being neutral is definitely an intentional thing and definitely something that could be read into but i yeah. have not thought about I mean, I mean, their neutrality definitely is intentional there there are some things that we do know about clive barker himself though example being he's spent an awful lot of time in bdsm clubs back in the 80s so i actually no read way. a thing where, where he was saying that like the idea for pinhead kind of came to him after he saw a bunch of people like getting hooks stuck through their skin at a club that's yeah yeah, that makes this is an interesting. Have you ever like seen the like opening the performers, scenes, right? Of this movie too. Yeah, when they do like uh, like suspension stuff like that. 
Yeah. I have not. So I don't know that I have the stomach for it. I had an art teacher. It's well, real quick. <laughs> I've seen ahead. it. I've seen it done in like incredibly not sexy ways. There's no blood. It's just people out like at a music festival in the woods and they're just like, yeah, yeah here we go. And they ratchet themselves up in a tree and they're like, check me out. It's so, really interesting. So wild. So that's really weird. But yeah. also I'm very interested to hear about how Nina's old art teacher fits into <laughs> oh yeah this oh, yeah. conversation of BDSM and hooks and right. all of this. Okay, so I want to be culturally sensitive here, um, but I want to also say that though this is a cultural thing, I think it was insensitive and kind of weird for her to bring it up in the context she did. Um, mm -hmm. She was an artist, and after nearly a full semester of talking about art and art appreciation, which is what the class was, um, she said, would you guys like to see some of my art? And we're like, yeah, for sure. And so she shows us these gray and yellow kind of paintings that are nudes and self-portraits. <laughs> and she had one that was, the idea was there's, I think it's, I'm pretty sure it's a Mexican like cultural thing where you pierce right above like right in your chest and your pectoral area. And then the idea oh, is that right, you dance yeah. until those piercings rip out. And she did a painting that was a nude self-portrait with the piercings. And there was just like a splash of red, like right there. And it was really cool to look at, but she was like a 50 something year old woman. And we're all college students at a community college. <laughs> and we're like, it was, but every time I hear about like, you know, hook piercings and suspension and that kind of thing, that's, that's always what comes to mind is I'm just like <laughs> that, that cringing feeling of just like, I don't think I could ever find that experience anything other than uncomfortable specifically. Cause that was like my first experience with anything ever like similar to that. Yeah. Yeah. Fair enough. Yeah. The, uh, though, I, and I thought about it was... watching this movie. Yeah, my first experience with that stuff was um, on Ripley's Believe It or Not. <laughs> Did you believe they, it? They, well, I mean, it's all about just kind of world records and shit, right? Oh. But uh, it was about, I think, a couple that like did hooks and stuff. Um, and that was just me. Little high schooler me was like, that's weird. <laughs> <laughs> My first experience and with that I went stuff about was my day. A, uh, a music video for a Mushroom Head song. <laughs> Callback to that. Wow, callbacks. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Isn't Mushroom that just weird. some sort of makeup cream? <laughs> <laughs> uh, this movie did uh, reignite my love for practical effects, though, I will say. I did... Speaking of makeup cream, I, I found myself thinking a lot about how they would achieve certain effects. And like, since Noah's mm -hmm. a massive fucking nerd, uh, I was like, oh, how did they make the blood sink into the floor? And Noah's like, oh, they pumped it up through the floor, through the nail holes, and then they reversed the shot. Of course. Yeah. But that's yeah. so cool to how people do that, these things. The like, uh, like beating heart effect in the beginning of the resurrection part was literally just like a plastic bag with fake blood on it that they blew air into. Oh. That's mm -hmm. so cool. <laughs> it's hands it's unfortunately 
one of the best scenes in the movie and it's, it's like so good 11 minutes in mm-hmm. but the movie's also a lot faster than i thought it would be like it's, it's a lot quicker than i remember it's sh- i think what it suffers from the most is how short it is mm-hmm. i i think we could get a little bit more exposition on like whatever the whole weird family situation is and get a little bit more of kirsty as a character if instead of one awkward dinner party where julia's like i'm going to bed yeah there's a lot of scenes stay up though there's a lot of scenes that feel just kind of strung together and i wasn't really sure what the intent of those scenes were or it tracks as a short story it does no 100 percent. it does feel like a short story that was translated directly to to screen by the writer and i i actually kind of love that because um uh I, I want to try not to talk too much about Candyman, but th- that's like what I liked about Candyman as well is that it feels like a like a short story or like yeah. a, a book translated to screen. I feel like I don't know. I feel like a lot of horror movies that like I was familiar with when I was younger were like these based on a true story but then the true story was like one sentence where it was like, yeah, one time a guy pled demon pled demonic possession in court and that's the whole true story and they make the whole movie off of that and they're just like wouldn't it be crazy if this happened i like seeing these horror movies that are not just based off a concept or based off of a true story they're based off a full like yeah thought out short story fun fact there while texas chainsaw was one of the earlier examples of that there were other ones that claimed it but like texas chainsaw is one of the more easily documented oh it's an ed gein thing yeah um it became a huge thing in the uh what do you call it? the uh 90s that was a big 90s thing and the early 2000s i believe where like people wanted gritty and real especially in the early 2000s post 911 people wanted gritty and real so everything was suddenly based on a true story um that's where all those you remember those weird unrated cuts that were out for like every movie for a hot second like yeah. every single movie that was also a 9-11 thing. That's huh. so wild. Yeah. People wanted weird. the real. And that's why every single movie had an unrated cut. So many movies were getting like a little extra funding just so that you could have a clean cut of the movie and then tack in seven other extra scenes or even just a few extra seconds to release the special unrated cut. I love huh. that because I, I love looking at that stuff. Um and like how that continues on into why we have director's cuts and stuff like that. There's a whole H bomber video on director's cuts though. So watch that. I don't want to talk about it, but I think it's, I I find it really interesting. All right. Um, yeah, no, I find that I find it. I find like unrated cuts and true story stuff and the history that led us to that. That's very cool. Thank you for telling me. Mm hmm. Uh, dead meat podcast interview with joe lynch the creator of one of the uh what are those stupid hillbilly cannibal movies wrong turn wrong turn yeah he did <laughs> he did one of the wrong turn movies I it was saw either wrong turn or hills once. have eyes good wrong good turn. guess my my second guess was going to be hatchet oh there are a lot of hatchet feels like hillbilly I've cannibal never watched hatchet, hatchet, but i, I feel like hatchet's is. like a deep cut almost is it but not like in a good way it's is like Tony a, Todd they're complete shit though right no, i don't think so i've heard there oh no i'm thinking of bone tomahawk oh bone tomahawk things johnny was tomahawk. just telling me one 
Tony Todd is rough. in 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 Hatchet, so okay. there's that. But uh, I was told to watch Bone Tomahawk, but I was also told that it is, and I need you to understand. This is the person who I don't take some of his recommendations seriously because I think he is into some stuff I would never find interesting. Uh, he said that this movie is the first thing in a while that's like made him have to look away because of how gross and hard to watch it was. That is Bone Ooh. Tomahawk's reputation. Yeah. That's so, how Evil Dead 2013 had me. Super fun. Huh. Yeah, no, Bone Tom Hawk, I, I don't think it's on my list. We started talking about Westerns after that and it kind of got away from us there, but I, I find myself having Bone Tomahawk. Right. I find myself having no interest in Bone Tom Hawk. He did move it out of normal into horror after watching it though, because apparently no one in, in our store knew it well enough to categorize it as horror. Oh. <laughs> I've only heard about it in a horror context. So. We are I've dumb. never heard of it. It's got Kurt Russell. It's got in Kurt it. Russell in it. <laughs> yeah. What else do okay. you need? Um. Um. Yeah. So back to Hellraiser, though. Yeah. Yeah. Do Do we want? Do we have something specific we want to talk about, or can I, I read got, Noah's notes? No, we got, got some got more stuff. things to talk okay, about. Okay, go ahead. I have got. Stuff. We never okay. gave Jeff a chance. So I'm so sorry. Um. I I want to talk minimally about my issues with this movie. I want to talk more about okay. like theories of what's being said by the movie, what's going on in the movie. Um. Uh, of course, I do have to say though the 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 dialogue. Clive Barker only knows how to write books. Blah blah blah. Um. <laughs> I feel like. It's important for us to realize when we look at Larry and Julia's relationship and how it seems like it's just nothing but problems and it's so blatantly like clear that they are not happy together and they shouldn't be together. Um, what we have to remember there is that Clive Barker is a gay man. So I think this is just his perception of how straight couples are. <laughs> That is uh, you know actually what though? very no. good. A man writing a gay man <laughs> writing straight couples in the eighties, and he's just like, well, I don't know. They don't like he's, each other, right? Oh, <laughs> I gotta be honest. He kind of nailed it, especially he's based on eighties, really, right? Like it's yeah. eighty-seven. People didn't have good relationships yet. <laughs> they hadn't come out with that yet. <laughs> I always forget the Clive Barker. That DLC day. wasn't released yet. Um, What's up? That DLC wasn't released yet. <laughs> um, I was going to say <laughs> that plays that actually makes the scene of Larry, uh, Larry having trying to have sex with his wife uh -huh. and not stopping, even though she's literally screaming over uh -huh. and over again for him to stop. Yeah. I was so angry. Yeah, I was like, going for anyway, like I don't. What I gotta be hell? honest, that's more uncomfortable than the Frank scene. That's worse than most lot. of anything that Frank does, actually, on screen in this movie. <laughs> it's Honestly, so bad. he's creepy with Kirsty, but, like, he doesn't get a chance to do anything more. Larry literally does not stop. It made me so angry. I was and like, this guy can finally... die. Yeah, like, he's and mad at he... her. When he finally does stop... He's he's just like, oh, I don't understand you. And he leaves the room and he makes no attempt to communicate about what just happened. Like, what? Right. I cannot imagine. Yeah, it's being in that situation. Horrible. I was definitely doing going what to he bring did. that up because it's that. Yeah, bad. no, Ugh. it's terrible. Um, I lost any sense of sympathy that I had for Larry at that point. I felt I might have if that scene had not happened, I might have felt something when he died. Right. I felt nothing. <laughs> nothing. Nothing at all. Like, 
Which is something that kind of I I, I kind of question a little bit because it kind of feels like from a narrative perspective it would make more sense given everything that happens to Larry and everything that is done to him by the people around him, you know, his wife cheating on him the day before the wedding with his brother, like, and then he ends up getting killed by the two of them. It's like, it kind of seems like it would make more sense for Larry to be a likable character. So it feels like, like he's a victim, you know, like it, it, it Mm. seems like he should be more sympathetic. So it's actually sad, but it's just not. No, but he's just a huge dick. He's just a no, huge dick. He's creepy. Yeah. The only sense of sympathy that I have for him is because Kirsty uh has to deal with him dying and has yeah. to deal with her, someone using her dad as a flesh puppet. Very weird. Yeah, that's wild. Yeah. Um I wonder why I, I feel bad for Kirsty, but that's that. it. <laughs> See, this is what I'm saying. Now now that I know that the clive barker is gay which i did not know it puts the um, whole thing in a different light doesn't it? it it does actually make me redact what i said earlier about not getting him the same way that i get lovecraft in a bad way or poe in a meh way i was about to say was like, lovecraft gay or <laughs> no <laughs> lovecraft was racist and, and that's what comes th- <laughs> and huh and that's what comes through in all of his writing yeah and um it makes sense i'm so excited to talk about Candyman in that context because the relationship Mm. that is written into Candyman is so much more um you know romanticized and so much more tender in a way that feels very like yeah i'm not gonna say gay but feels it feels much less hashtag straight people than Mm. than all the relationships in this movie did yeah so Mm -hmm. I'm very interested to talk about that. Yeah. Okay, so to talk about... I feel like... What's up? I I just want to make a joke. Okay. I (laughs) feel like a gay man writing about a married couple, a married straight couple, and it being very toxic and everything has similar energy to um, men writing women in books. (laughs) (laughs) it does that's so funny that i see that tiktok trend must be on some of your guys's pages as well what's up um there's a trend going on about like oh this is how women written by men act when they've had a breakup and then it's a woman like drinking straight out of the bottle of wine while wearing just a sweatshirt in front of a romantic movie oh i love this i love that kind of joke i don't know why that hasn't Um, bounced up on my page yet hallmark movies well yeah well yeah um do men write hallmark movies oh my god please say it's not true It's almost like every Hallmark movie is exactly what men think women want in a movie. Well, yeah, that's why the the small town hunk who's never left his hometown is the one who gets the the city girl and convinces her to care about Christmas and his dog or whatever. <laughs> his dog, by the way, which is named Rudolph or something stupid. It might like be that. his oh son, my God. but his son might have a dog. Name Rudolph. His son is Rudolph as well. <laughs> Oh my, my dog God. Rudolph and my son Rudolph, which was named that first. So did we find out? <laughs> this is back to Hellraiser. Back, back to, Hellraiser. to Hellraiser. Did we find out why they moved to that town? Like I know we mentioned that they'd moved into the house. Okay. Because 
I think he inherited the house. There's one line where Larry is talking to Julia and he's like trying to list the advantages of them moving into this house. And one of the things is he looks at her and he says, we're back on your turf. And I thought that was implying that they were in England. Right. Yeah, no, but it's that's not the case. But then they're not. So... It was so confusing. I was talking to Noah and I, I at first I thought that this movie wasn't supposed to have a specific location in the same way that um, a series of unfortunate events is not supposed to have a specific specific like time oh, yeah. that it takes place in kind of just like a yeah it's here in a place that might yeah. be England or America or some other t- place you a know place where a story like this might happen. Uh-huh. Right, just like how the scenes that took place in India didn't feel like they took place in a specific country, but it felt more like Disney's, oh. like, Aladdin setup. Here we go. Um, the film was originally set in England, hence the obvious London locations. <laughs> but the studio thought the film would be more marketable if it was set in America. So many, many of the English actors, not all, um, were dubbed by American actors. That's oh why. Oh my god, that makes so much sense. Also, we are coming from an era where almost everyone was dubbed in movies because they didn't have good uh, on record- s- on also, set. Also, that was definitely yeah. a real house, right? It kind of seems it, that way. All of the shots on the staircases, specifically, they felt so cramped that mm-hmm. it had to be real. Also, the um, the fact that we got all the different angles of Frank's bedroom. Right. Yeah. And uh, yeah, that whole room felt like a. I loved that room, by the way. It felt very oppressive and iconic. Like it felt like a setting that, like, if I walked into it, I'd have to stop and absorb it with like some level of reverence. It looks like it's really hot in there. It it does. does. (laughs) But like, compared to the rest of the house, that room is so fucking creepy and fucked up. And I can't believe there wasn't like one scene. Where they're like, oh yeah, I'm getting, like, we're getting some people to come in and start, like, working on that Yeah, room fix it up or right? something later this yeah. week. I, and they, they just, just like, kinda... left it alone and it's, like, dark and moldy and, like, all this other shit. It looks like, fire damaged? Yeah. yeah. Kinda... I mean, there was a whole line from Larry about leaving up all the Jesus stuff until Kirsty got to see it and then they immediately threw it out. So, like, an- another throwaway line about... I've got some workers coming in later to plaster the upper room. I can see it. Yeah. Something. Doing something. Yeah. How how much Can't time wait. does this movie take place over? Jeff, you were going to tell me how long Frank had been dead. Oh, no, yeah. I was going to ask more questions about time periods <laughs> in this movie. Like how long. Yeah, I'm really Larry confused about how long together. this does. How long is Frank dead? How long was Frank living in the house before dying? Was he actually dead? That's the thing I'm going to get into a little bit more is uh, the, the circumstances of his death and resurrection. Yeah, go for yeah. it. Uh, people don't normally be doing that. I don't know if you've noticed. I uh, hadn't, but thank you. You know, when a when a person dies and their body cannot be found, it is not normally for them to resurrect when blood is spilled on the site of their death. Um, it hasn't been documented happening at all, actually, which is why I'm calling bullshit on this movie. Couldn't happen. Zero out of ten. Not realistic. Um, but so basically, I'm just thinking, like, like, why does that happen? Is there any um, reasonable explanation beyond, you know, horror short story artistic license for that to be occurring? I think it just kind of comes down to that. Like, 
the idea is and maybe there's something in the sequels of like wherever the Cenobites take you or whatever a piece of you remains and okay. i i had the idea that like he was only revived not just because there was like blood spilled there uh-huh. but because it was blood that was related to him yeah i thought about right. that too um, specifically for like Frank's. i thought yeah i thought that kind of like made it a such special circumstance okay but none of this is talked about may i well, present um, a theory i would love a theory uh, we love a good theory in this. We part. love a good theory. <clears throat> There's a little bit of brief talk about Frank escaping the Cenobites. I don't mm-hmm. think he did at all. I think okay. as part of their torment for him that he asked for when opening the box, uh, they killed him to make him experience death and they resurrected him. They like kind of engineered his resurrection to make him suffer the the pain of resurrection as well like uh, you know like they 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 stuck that nail in that weird spot on the wall to to cut larry and they are the reason that he was able to resurrect out of the floorboards there because that's all the events that we see in this movie is like part of a, a bit that they're doing more or less <laughs> But why uh, would they be surprised that that's he, what like, I was going to say or whatever? Then? They, they um, n- did not initially believe Kirsty that he was still around. Mm-hmm. But then See, when she clarified to them that she could prove it, they 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 waited until he he had proved it. That's that's a little Explain bit of an that issue theory, for me. man. Yes. Also, However, there is the issue in the uh, in the second movie, which while the, I won't try and count totally canon from the, all any other yeah. ones. Yeah, the second movie was still Clive Barker canon. Yeah. Uh, speaking of, I want to cut in real quick because I was trying. I totally. decided to Google to figure out if I could find out how long this movie took. Okay. Uh, but instead, I found out that this movie had a massive censorship problem ah. because the MPAA wanted to give it an X rating. I don't think that anyone's surprised. No, it would honestly seems like a movie that would be a rated X. So the the first murder um, included a close up of the hammer lodged in the victim's head, and it was a lot more um, graphic. Okay, that makes um, sense. The second murder, the victim was like, I feel like it would make sense if they killed me and I was naked. I should do this naked. And so they shot that, but then they ended up doing a partially closed shot instead. Right. Um, there was a close-up of Kirsty sticking her hand into Frank's stomach and having his guts be everywhere. Uh-oh. There's a longer version of Frank being torn into pieces at the end of the movie. But here's the more okay. important part. Um... It's the sex scene with Frank and Julia that they had the biggest issue with. Why didn't they cut it? Um, Why didn't they cut parts of it? No, they did, is the thing. It was more? There was gonna, there was gonna be butt sex and no violence. What? There was gonna be no switchblade and sodomy. <laughs> Interesting. Were they gonna But show the censorship it? boards... Well, they said that two thrusts was fine, but three was obscene. What? Uh, Clive has a lot of statements about this. What? Um, that's why they did regular sex scene. Um, he said, we did a version of the scene that had some spanking in it, and the MPAA was not very appreciative of that. Lord knows where the spanking footage is. Someone has it somewhere. <laughs> some uh, spank bank. The- <laughs> <laughs> the MPAA told me I was allowed two consecutive buttock thrusts from Frank, but three is deemed obscene. Okay. <laughs> what? So yeah, they decided they didn't want 
as explicit as sexual encounters, so they took out the butt sex and they put in the switchblade instead because that was better. That's so funny. Yeah. Um, I don't know what I want more. The cut the cut uh footage from this movie or the cut footage from Event Horizon. Event Horizon. You take Event Horizon hands down. That's like 20 minutes of footage. That's a good point. And Event Horizon is Hellraiser in space, so it's kind of the same. It's true. It's not now that I've seen Hellraiser, I resent that take even more. (laughs) It's low-key Hellraiser in space. I'm not saying that it's a bad thing. I like Event Horizon. I don't I don't see the connection. Space is a cool twist to put onto Hellraiser. It's a respectful take. I don't mean it as a criticism. I guess I guess like I I guess I don't really I still don't really see it. The character literally says we have such sights to show you. Come yes, on. they're talking about space. My my big thing <laughs> is that <laughs> never mind. No, what sights? Space. <laughs> oh, space. space. These are such sights that I am seeing. I guess seeing. I can see it. I just I I guess I just like Event Horizon a little more. I gotta That's remember fair. that I rated this a seven, so that when we do Event Horizon, I can make sure to not also rate it a seven, because I distinctly <laughs> like Event Horizon one. more. <laughs> it's fun. It's nice. I'll try I like to it. remember. That's another nine star for me. I love Event Horizon. Uh, I would love to do that as a double feature with Ghost Ship because that's how Noah and I watched both those movies for the first time, and it was so funny how good those movies went together. Can I do your notes now? Does, well, does um, anyone else I have, have anything to say? I, I have a, a little bit more. Uh, go for it, go for it. But there's some um, good notes staring me in the face, but go ahead. Okay, well, sorry, you'll just have to hold them. Uh, I will. So, uh, the the Cenobites are so, sort of supposed to be representative of the BDSM community. Okay. Um, and if so, if that is the case, why do they not respect Kirsty's lack of consent. Yeah, no, that's that is a big thing. It almost feels I, like Clive got like 50% of the message and the 50% was black leather and hooks. Yeah. I don't know enough about the BDSM community to know cuz like with the era of the internet, you can like communicate and like formulate rules in a group and really kind of structureize and things. Right. Um I don't know pre-internet era what the bdsm community looked like if it was that's a good point very much could have been like a dependent on like what group you're exposed to sort Mm, of feel okay Um, all right like but i i don't know but it could be something along those lines um of back then maybe the rule of like consent being the most important part of the bdsm community um that couldn't have existed um or maybe he just kind of caught a glimpse of a really extreme portion of the bdsm community where that's ignored um perhaps yeah but Mm -hmm. i I can't say something i was wondering is maybe if the cenobites maybe the cenobites are not intended to be fully representative of the bdsm community but maybe they more represent uh the the fears that the the average person mm-hmm. the, the the typical normie has of the community that definitely you know? makes more sense to me 
Yeah. Although, I mean, I, I if that's the case, I kind of don't get what he's going for with any of it. Uh, like, I, I can't really see where a message would be going if that's the case. Is this supposed to have a message? I don't know. I would expect I think it's interesting so, just... because... Yeah, because Candyman has a very kind of explicit message. But, yeah. you know, some writers can put messages in one part of their writing and then just not have any in some of their other writings. So I wouldn't necessarily but... say that Can Candyman having one means that Hellraiser has to. Well, but like he's a he's a book writer and he's got a chance to make a movie. And as his first movie, he chooses this story. It, it kind of feels like he would try to put some meaning into that project, right? Maybe or maybe this was just the maybe story with you... the coolest visuals. Oh, uh, yeah, it does have cool visuals. He could have picked this as a like get it out of the shock way. and awe sort of thing that he knew would mm. get attention. Could be, could be. Okay. Um, but this is all speculation. Yeah, you we know don't what know I'm Barker speculating like about. What are you speculating about? What Noah wrote in his notes. There were a lot of things that were wrote in my note. There are a lot of note notes yeah. that I I have access to. I would love to hear them, but first. Jeff, what what kind of like theme song were you thinking for Noah's Notes? Oh shit! Oh damn! You remember earlier <laughs> when I said that for the last two weeks I fully forgot that I was a person who does stuff. I forgot yeah. to have a song ready. Oh damn! Shit! Oh no! Is this the first time we're not gonna have a Noah's Notes song from Jeff or a Jeff stand-in? <laughs> How did this happen? I'm smarter than this. <laughs> Are you? No. <laughs> well damn well wow okay well i'll just i'll just have a little a little tune okay um why can i notes. not think of any music at all god um okay hold on let me get in the headspace noah's notes yes noah's notes time you couldn't hear that no um i couldn't hear any of that it'll it was because it's so high pitched that my mic didn't pick it up, but <laughs> you'll you hear hear it on the recording. Okay. I'm so excited for it. That's never happened before. Um, act really impressed. Whoa! Whoa. That was yeah, the, the best out intro again. to this segment that we've ever had. I know, I know. Thank you. Well, with that, let's. How do you live up to that right intro, Nina? It. Uh, I, I'm gonna start with my favorite thing that Noah and I both noticed at the beginning of the movie. I never realized how incredibly sexually they finger the puzzle box. Specifically Doug Bradley, the actor who played Pinhead. Yeah, the way he like strokes it like it's Blofeld's cat. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't like the fact that you're implying Blofeld sexually strokes his cat. I didn't call it a pussy, Noah. No, I did that's like not what I was implying. That I did not take it the extra step that I so clearly wanted to because I'm trying to respect your wishes because you wanted me to dial it back. Can I say what Never. my favorite part of this movie was? Yes, Emma. Um, it was seeing this movie and getting to see the inspiration for the like... Um, Cabin in the Woods pinhead. Oh, oh yeah. yeah, the buzzsaw blade dude. <laughs> yeah, yeah no, I bet that definitely. Buzzsaw Lee. I can't wait to watch 
um, Cabin in the Woods with you again once you like have seen everything that it references. Because I feel you like me, yeah, you. We've never watched it before, so why are you saying it again? Wait, I thought we watched it together for a movie night feel, once. You guys have I don't had this interaction did. like twenty <laughs> times now, and every time Happy. Emma's just like, "We didn't do it," and you're like, "Emma, silly goose." No, that's we did fair. That. Anyway, I can't wait to watch it with you once you know everything. Anyway, for the first time. For the first time ever. For the first time. Um, this note says, man, old people really had whole ass shrines in their house. Yeah. 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 I know some old people that have shrines, but they're also Catholic. Um, I think that might just be a Catholic it thing. It is a well, yeah. very Catholic thing. Most of the old people that Noah and I have had contact with are Catholic. That's fair. Many of them. Um, several maybe not a majority the but ones almost. that we've been in their homes mm -hmm. we have sex statue classy frank which um reminds me of a moment in one of the games that i'm in that emma dm'd where one of my character went to another character's bedroom and he just had a full nude statue of himself in his own bedroom <laughs> what? hey if someone's no one else hey, is gonna there was you, a, up, you gotta do it yourself there was, a, a, there was a towel hanging from his dick yeah there was that <laughs> uh, i mean oh, wait hold on i wait, mean holy uh, shit that means that the nude statue was erect Yes. yes. Oh, that's worse. <laughs> oh, oh, this is just damn Wait, is I mean, uh, I don't. I've never. Would you make? I think that this was accurate? a question. Like, was it anatomically correct that you guys asked? I think we did I said it was. That. Yes. Um. Yeah, I think I said it. Wow. Was. <laughs> wow. Uh, here we go. That's I can't believe I'll never be that too. cool. God. <laughs> you can dream, Jeff. You I love can get a statue of yourself. Knowing what we know now, I love this specific note. I love how they're hitting Frank with the sexy lighting even more than they're hitting Julia. <laughs> I was talking with Noah about JC Leyendecker yesterday, a um Who? a ad illustrator uh in the 1920s. Um he did a lot of really really beautiful illustration work for like sock ads the poor man never married he never married he Sad. only lived with the primary model for his illustrations who happened to be a really attractive man oh man he um, had to live with a co-worker <laughs> well the, the, the funny thing is it's like the symbol of american masculinity in the 1920s was based off of jc leyendecker's lover oh. um and i <laughs> <laughs> and that just makes me very happy um uh. noah says here i literally can't imagine marrying somebody with a child and you hate the child yeah well i mean yeah she hates the child's father as well so she does i don't know why difference? she's still there clearly he I has no problem ending a marriage together at all i think her mom died nina <laughs> yeah he actually says uh that her mother's dead so oh i'm so and it's very sorry weird. i did miss that she's dead that's what <laughs> she's dead i'm so sorry um noah i'm concerned about this one oh uh it reads he just ate her chin. I'm gonna have to try that technique. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what, what's your concern? 
I'll, I'll, we can talk about that one in counseling. Uh, no, talk about that one live on air right now. See, I do this really funny thing where Nina's just like minding her own business and then like I try to eat her nose. <laughs> Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, what if I did that, but with her chin? I haven't tried that before. <laughs> he still hasn't, and it's been two weeks since we saw this chin. movie. I'm not gonna lie, I forgot, but luckily Nina just reminded me. So I'm gonna have to sleep lightly. Um, we have dong alert, big swinging dong. <laughs> I can't happened. believe Which I didn't did notice it was the there movie. at all. God, guess you'll just have me. to watch the movie again. I'll have to. Um, oh, thank you. We have Kirsty looks so actually drunk while going to the bathroom. She did. Yeah, she's a convincing. She reminded drunk. me of me going to the bathroom when I'm drunk. <laughs> we yeah. have this room is so painfully unsexy. Which room was that? Oh yeah, All the upstairs. All the rooms are painfully unsexy. There's not one sexy room in the whole thing. Even after they take Jesus down. Even after they get rid of Jesus, it's not sexy. <laughs> Although uh, it is- we have. An interesting bit of uh, imagery and symbolism that they they throw Jesus out of the house and then all their problems suddenly come to a head. It's true. That's what happens in um, real life, kids. Stay in church. Stay in church. Uh, do don't drugs. Don't stay in church. Do drugs. Uh, don't do drugs. I legally have to say that you shouldn't do, do drugs. Do legal drugs. Do yeah, legal, legal drugs. Ones. They're okay. Just Take the legal ones. Take a ton ones. of Tylenol. Don't do that. You'll get liver uh, damage. No, don't do that. Hey, weed is <laughs> legal some places. Anyways, yeah, Emma's and right. Even if it's not um, legal, it shouldn't stop you. Blaze it up, kids. Before we watched this movie, Noah watched a video about this movie. Um, the same video that said Deader was good. And this video <laughs> said that Julia stabbed her first victim. She did not. It very specifically said stabbed. And then they dropped the hammer in the shot. He's like, stabbed with a knife. Hammer hits the floor. That's actually extremely funny. Uh, he got Come very on. heated about it, though. I was so angry. Well, yeah, um, it's just so blatantly wrong. Uh, Noah's full reaction to the to scene we discussed earlier about Larry having sex with his wife is, Larry, uh, you want to stop a little sooner? <laughs> so I think that's sometimes. Oh, my God. I, I forgot about this. When Frank stuck his fingers into the third victim's neck and it just sounded like slurping. I lost my <laughs> shit. <laughs> it was very funny. That's one of those things that, that I just always forget about. <laughs> I couldn't do uh, There were a couple moments in this movie that like were unintentionally pretty funny. Um I th- that happened in Apostle too, so I think that's just a risk you take in the horror finger movies. Did not happen in Apostle. No, when he when he was cornered and he just turned and ran the other direction. Um what do we got? Uh, worst doctor I've ever seen. Can we talk about how awful the, the bedside manner in that asylum was? Or it was just a normal freaking hospital. Yeah. That was terrible. Yeah, it was not the, he, great. It was very weird. Oh, this is very funny. And I'm ready for some people to mock Noah here. <clears throat> 
Watching the female Cenobite, as she is called, tease her throat wound during Pinhead's monologue is making me wonder how I never realized this was a BDSM movie. Like, oh, oh, I knew they me. were referring I'm to people who are going to make fun of Noah for this. <laughs> <laughs> he continues, like, I knew they were referring to weird sex stuff, but I mostly treated this as a monster type movie because that was my previous experience. That was oh, almost wow. all. This was one of the, like, early horror movies I got into. It was this and like saw and a weird slew of really trashy Netflix movies. Oh, they were so bad. And by Netflix movies, I don't mean made by Netflix. I just mean movies. Netflix acquired. They were um, on there at the time. What was the, no, can, can we, can we take a little sidetrack on that for a second? Yeah. Uh, and come back to the notes in a minute. Um, Noah, do you remember that one movie where a guy was going around buying houses that murders had occurred in or tragedies and then like cutting the room where the tragedy occurred Abaddon. out of the house so Abaddon. that he could that was called Abaddon okay so yeah so he could make a house exclusively out of murder out of suicide murder rooms. rooms yeah yeah to, to create a portal to hell yeah no that was dumb yeah why do you need more than one room to do that because just make a house out of the one room. Well, no, because he, he made this, a like, mansion out of this. Yeah, he he built like a mansion just out of these murder rooms that he pulled out of these other houses. And he like he had this line that he kept saying that sounded like it was supposed to be maybe mimicking scripture or something with the way that he said it. But he would talk he he talked about how like when a tragedy strikes, it creates a a crack in reality and if you put a lot of cracks together it becomes acidic was the phrase that he used yeah. and that makes it easier to break through to the other side and the, the his whole point was like trying to get his like wife and daughter out of hell because they died in a car accident or some dumb shit uh that's so boring. It was. Sex, I, remember, the, I think about that movie like for once sex. every three days, and I can never remember what it's called. <laughs> yeah, it was Abaddon, I believe. Abaddon, um, right. It was not good. It was not. It was as it bad was as I just made it sound. Um, yeah, the only title uh, I could ever think of for that was Dreamhouse, but that was a movie where Daniel Craig really sucks. So I knew that wasn't wow. it. Wow. Dare I say that one was good. It was uh, okay, maybe compared to this. At least it had me laughing at Daniel Craig. See, I just remember a key part of the plot of maybe it wasn't Abaddon, maybe it was something else. I feel like that my issue is that it did have a different title. It had a French title. I feel like no, or it, it had a couple titles. I do. It had a couple titles for sure. Okay, but like an issue it that I remember having. Movie, no, it was not. But I just remember a key plot point being they were going after the room of their house that their child was killed in, but it because it was like removed from their house and no one would tell them where it went. Uh -huh. And that was like a key part was that they like went back home after they like had spent some time away and the room was just missing. Yeah. And they're like, what happened to our house? Because they had some of their son's stuff in there still. And that's that's the plot of the movie was they were trying to track down the room of their house that their son died in because they wanted it back. It was weird. Yeah, that was weird. Was weird. I completely forgot about that, actually. 
I could only remember the villain. The Taken franchise was really kind of really took a left turn after three. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, Nina, go ahead and wrap this up. Right. I only have a couple more. I have something that I voiced because I was annoyed. The Cenobites will travel the universe looking for the most optimal boner, but they will not look through the house for Frank. Yeah, it doesn't make sense, does it? <laughs> They're just like, yeah, all right. Uh, here's the house. Thanks for showing us the house. Can you get us a little closer? And Kirstie's like, he's in there. And they're like, eh. <laughs> yeah, they, they were not willing to look at all. Well, they got space boners to get to. <laughs> yeah. Well, then why would they want it to take more time than it had to? I don't know. I got no idea. I got nothing at all. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I think that's the movie. That's the movie. We talked that's about a lot movie. of stuff in this episode. Yeah. A lot of stuff that wasn't Hellraiser. It's true, that's but, you know, but that's how it be. It was good. Yeah, it's been fun. <laughs> it's been a few weeks since we recorded an episode. We're, we're getting back in the swing of it. Exactly. Um, did anybody else have anything else, or is that it? I um, I don't think so. Regarding the clothes that Julia wears for the entire movie, mm -hmm. I feel like I feel like everybody's trying to dress like that now. Or like a lot of people are right now. And she is just killing it on a level that nobody else is currently. Mm -hmm. The stepmom? Yeah. No, I, I get it. I get it. I, I feel like TikTok lesbians want what she has. I don't know. <laughs> mm, I don't know about that. You don't think so? I Not don't remember like what she level. wore well enough. There's this um, one particular at the time that I wrote this note, she was wearing like a like a uh, blue and white striped uh, like pantsuit thing. Oh, mm -hmm. oh, and it just looked surprisingly like current to me. Yeah, I mean, that's a take. I would have to watch that's it again because I was not paying attention to what she was wearing. OK, um, maybe uh, I was just that excited that there was a scene where she didn't look like David Bowie. Mm, yeah, that's, that's valid. <laughs> So what what movie are we watching next, Nina? Wow, I, thank you for asking. I'm sure you guys are very curious because I've been pretty close to playing it pretty close to my chest with this one. Um, next week we'll be watching, or next time, we'll be watching Candyman, another Clive Barker story adapted to screen, um, and also one that has a movie coming out, a new one, uh, on August 27th um, that is going to hopefully be really good. I've been anticipating it for a while. Candyman is one of my favorite movies so I'm really mm -hmm. excited to talk about it. Emma, yeah. I'm sorry. It's pretty old. It's in the 90s. It's, it's not that old. But it has, it's not that it much. It has old it's energy but it is not dated. it's not as old. We'll yeah. see how I feel. Um, I'm mostly excited to talk about this one because there are things that I like and don't like and think that went well and didn't go well in this movie that I'm excited to see done um, by a modern uh, for a modern audience, I guess. Um, yeah. So I'm really I'm really excited to talk about it. Uh, I don't know where you guys where you can find it uh, for streaming. I did not look we'll figure it out. But you can figure um, it. Are there any trigger warnings we should know about it? Uh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah. <laughs> bees if you don't like bugs remember how we talked about that with phenomena uh yeah. if you don't like bugs you will not like this movie um there is also a lot of lingering on some uh dismembered flesh 
uh don't know how you feel about dismembered flesh um and i yeah. feel like we've trigger warned like long asylum sequences and like questioning mm. reality sequences have we yeah. ever have no oh i've we thought should. about doing it then um it's a valid thing to mark for but other than that, I think I can't remember any sexual assault sequences. Um, can you know? No. It's been a while since I watched it. So, um, but just, I don't know. Always be There's aware of that stuff. There's a lot of gang activity in it. Yeah. yeah. Um. So there's like a lot of intimidation factor going on. But there there's, oh, there's an, uh, an child endangerment. Child endangerment, yeah. Is there um, a, dog? a dog dies. There's, yeah. Really? Yeah. <laughs> Thank you, Jeff. <laughs> uh, yeah, there's there's dogs endangerment and child endangerment. There's a lot that goes on in this movie. So I think that's all the important stuff. If you are not sure, based on my listing, does the dog die is always a good resource before these movies because we aren't always super reliable about trigger warnings, but does the dog die covers all the bases, I'm pretty sure. Um, yeah. Yeah, so I'm excited about that. And with that, we'll see you to discuss that next time. I'm Nina. You can find me at Nina Wolverina on the websites. Uh, I'm Noah. You can find me as Bubba the Bad, B-U-B-B-A-D-A-B-A-D. Yat-da-da-da-da-da. Follow me there. Talk and stuff. Uh-huh. Yeah. You can tell he's I'm been doing Emma. this for a while. <laughs> yeah. I'm Emma. You can find me on Twitch and Twitter at Emma Panada. Um, on Twitch, I have a Curse of Strahd game currently going on Tuesdays, and um, starting, I guess, the day after this comes out, Sunday, uh, next Sunday, uh, we have a Kids on Bikes game that'll be starting, Woo-hoo. and Nina's a player in that one. I am! Um, so come hang out. And I'm Jeff. You can find me on Instagram and TikTok at the Hammer of Jeff. You can find me on Twitter at Wubba Wubba Dab. <laughs> nice. Thanks. I'm sorry. There we go. <laughs> yeah. Thanks. Thanks for listening, so, everyone. Yeah. Thanks, everybody. We'll catch you next time.